All right, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News. We're here with another episode of the American Outdoor News podcast. And today we have James Sellers, the, sound, the founder and CEO of Cellmark. James, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Chris, for having me on. It's a pleasure being here. I, I got to say, I really enjoyed spending time with you in uh, Montana at the range, spending a little time plinking with uh, some of the uh, toys that they put out for us. Yeah, I... I enjoyed it very much. Um, in fact, when I got back to Texas, <clears throat> I think the uh, temperature was over 100. And I can tell you that I really wanted to get on the next flight back to Montana. And uh, let's, you know, I wanted to get you back out in the woods and continue our, our fun up there. But uh, anyway, I had to be back at work. Well, I've been hunting in Texas in July, and it's no cakewalk. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely a tough, tough environment and right now we're in a drought too so we're you know looking at impacts to our agriculture and wildlife uh, you know even in the fall so hopefully get rain soon well let's let's talk a little bit about Cellmark. i know it uh it consists of a lot of different companies that you're involved with uh, how did you get started weren't you like a teacher or something well um actually i i, I think i'm one of these people that is curious minded um you know, as far as just what wires me. I'm always curious about uh, how things work, uh, you know, how people think, um, you know, what they do. Um, and one, one of my endless fascinations is with the outdoors, um, with everything from, you know, the wildlife and, and just hunting and shooting. Um, I find that fascinating. So my interests, I think, have kind of led me to this point. And uh, honestly, I couldn't imagine a better opportunity. I'm very fortunate to find myself in the outdoor industry. Well, I got to say, it's a great industry. And I, I enjoyed uh, using your products while we are in Montana. Uh, the, uh, the Pulsar Digital Picture-in-Picture, picture, God, at, at first, I didn't know what the heck I was looking at. But once you really zero in and see what, what's going on, you have to be a blind man not to hit your target with that thing. <laughs> The, the technology has come a long, long way since we started, and it's been a lot of fun to bring in all the different brands and products and technology to the market. Um, you know, I, I see what we we're, what's on the market today. I can still imagine so many things yet to be created and brought. But then you go back and look at, you know, we started in 2000. At that time, we, we really focused as a, a marketing company with sales consulting. And uh, 2002, we kind of found ourselves... Um, in the first steps in the outdoor market. And that time we were looking at what was on the market and it's just such a different market. 2002, uh, the Air 15 wasn't a popular product. People weren't even using it. Uh, maybe a few people had it, um, but it was very unknown. The way we hunt and shoot changed so much in the last 20 years. It's actually incredible. Um, I don't think that scope that you're talking about, I don't think people would even dream that'd be available to the public um, at any price 20 years ago. No, no. And I tell you, it was really, uh, once you really uh, zeroed in and, and it, it, took, it took a few shots for my eyes to really register which one I was looking at. And, and yep. I mean, it's really a work of art. Have you, have you hunted much with Thermal? Um What's your experience with it in the field? I've never used your product in the field. All right, we're gonna have to make that happen. So when are you coming to Texas for some hog hunting this, this fall? Uh, whenever the invitation's open. <laughs> we're, we're making an official invitation. Chris, you and I are going to go hunting this fall. 
uh, and get some hogs and uh, we'll use the thermal. Um, you'll, you'll love it. It's such a, it's a, so much fun. Uh, there's nothing quite like it. So um, done. We're going to have you down in Texas. Hog hunting is one of my favorite things to do. I, I've hunted them with a bow, a crossbow, from a helicopter with a rifle, but I've never hunted them at night with a thermal scope. All right, we'll do that. I haven't had them on a, on a helicopter, so you got me on that one. That's so much fun. So, I'm waiting for my invites, so if anyone's listening and, and you want to take me on a helicopter hog hunt, uh, tell me when and where. I'll be there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what was your favorite experience uh, from the – what was – when we went to this shooting day at the POMA event, what was your – what was the most fun? Uh, what thing really struck you? Well, I, I got to say, you know, shooting a, an AR, uh, they all handle very similar. Uh, I don't see a tremendous difference, uh, yeah. but I, I got to say the optics was uh, really a game changer. It, you know, you could really tell the difference uh, when you're looking downrange through different optics. You, you can, yeah. you could, you know. Some of them you can't miss. Were you on the range when, um, wasn't there a deer or something that walked by? I was shooting the uh, the CVA Paramount when that deer walked Oh out. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I was on the other side of the range when that happened. So I came back and missed it. But that, that I think it was like three, four yards. It was up in the mountain, wasn't it? It was, it just came out of the tree line. It was walking along okay. the tree line. So that was probably 200 yards maybe? It was at least 200, maybe a little more. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just a suicide attempt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually funny how many times um, that has happened. I was at uh, on a hunt at King Ranch, which is like the place oh. to go in Texas. And uh, we're, we're setting in um, for a nil guy hunt. And uh, this beautiful bug walks like 20 feet. I mean, it was just like I could hit it with a stone. Um, right in front of us between the bench and, and well, it was probably 50 yards. Um, but it was ridiculous. He sat there and stood at us on the middle of the range, shut the range down. Um, uh, and there we That was a deer. It was, oh. yeah, that was a deer. We're, we're, yeah. So we were like, it figures, you know, you, you would hunt all day and, and search all day for such a beautiful buck. It was a wonderful specimen. So anyway, um, it seems like that the deers know when they can't be shot at and they, they mess with us. So. How'd you do on the Neil guy hunt? I got I got a cow, and uh, it's it was uh, my first time ever hunting Neil guy. Uh, first time at King Ranch, it was a fantastic hunt. Um, we were I had a choice between a cow or a buck, um, and you know we were waiting. Um, we were waiting for an opportunity on that that just never presented itself. So it was literally the last hour, of the last day. Wow! And I decided well, a cow presented itself across the lake. And I uh, made a really clean shot and uh, super lucky. Um, it's I almost went home empty handed. Yeah, it was, it was a tough hunt. And they, they, they're really good eating, too. We, it's honestly, I think it's better than beef, which I know for my friends in Texas, I'm sorry to say that, but it's, it's more mild. It's got <laughs> a really delicious flavor. Um, it is really good. You know, I was speaking to uh, Bo Jackson, and he was going on a Neil Guy hunt. And he was saying if he gets within 70 or 80 yards with his bow, he could take it. I'm like wow. an 80-yard shot with a bow. He's like, you know, I'm a pretty good shot. I'm like, I don't doubt it, but. <laughs> yeah, 
That's cool. Where'd you meet him? What was the story behind that? I actually um, contacted him through his website and I interviewed him for uh, one of my covers. And uh, I flew to Chicago and we did the interview in his office. And um, what an interesting guy. I mean, he's that awesome. I'm glad to hear he's a hunter and, and likes to hunt. Oh, he's a fanatical hunter. He's, uh, he's like OCD. That's awesome. <laughs> he's got his own bow shop in his basement. Um, in fact, Ralph and Vicky um, used to just give him the keys to the shop. And he used to go and target shoot in their shop whenever he wanted. <laughs> that is awesome. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's amazing who you meet in this industry. Yeah. When did you know that you wanted to be a part of the outdoor industry? What was your... I didn't. Your main... it, was, it was an accident. Okay. I, uh, I started a website 2009, 2000. No, it was before that. Uh, called See Me Hunt. It was like... A, a social network for hunters. It was kind okay. of a hobby. And um, I started to call people about advertising and I had no analytics, I had no followers, I had nothing. So I, I called somebody and they're like, well, if you're really serious about this, uh, you're gonna be at SHOT Show. I'm like, yeah, of course I'm gonna be at SHOT Show. I had no idea what the hell SHOT Show was. <laughs> I had to look it up afterwards. So, oh my God. so uh, I bought a ticket to Vegas. I went to the show. I, I got it, you know, got uh, approved for media. And I just started showing up. And the more I went, the more people I met. And it's it's like a drug. It, yeah. It's just the best, honestly, the best people. You know, I, have, I've, I know some people that uh, aren't hunters and shooters themselves. And uh, it's interesting because I think that the people that are not in the industry, they have this persona of what we're about. But I can tell you of all the people I met in all industries all across this planet, if you want to find a group of people that you can count on that will help you, uh, will, will be kind and generous, it's the outdoorsman. Um, you know, if, you, if, if you're in a bad situation, I can, I can guarantee you if you had a choice between a shooter, a hunter, or somebody that's never been outdoors, I would go to the guy that's been outdoors. Hundred percent. They, yeah. they uh, even if they don't know you, they they will back you up. Yep. They uh, it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like being in the military. You know that the military they don't have to know each other, but they got their back because that's they're part true. of a brotherhood. And this is kind of kind of like the same thing. You know, the sad thing that was, <laughs> it is similar, but we, we need to get, I, I think our goal should be to get at least everybody in this country, not saying that everybody, <laughs> we don't want everybody hunting. Obviously, that's not sustainable. But I think if we get everybody that can at least appreciate the outdoors, um, realize how beautiful and 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 how, how we are really part of that nature. And then I think everybody needs to learn how to shoot just from the satisfaction and the mm -hmm. confidence and understand it's just, it's just like anything else. You can, it, it's a tool that can be used safely. Uh, it can be a great sport. It can be a lifetime endeavor, but at least respect it, whether it's for your own safety, um, your own protection. Um, but I think everybody in this country should learn how to handle firearm properly. I think the country, um, uh -huh. 
need that. We need people that are able to do that. And um, it's sad that our brotherhood is so small. It needs to be a lot broader and needs to include a lot, lot more well, people. I, I think the problem with hunters is we're our own worst enemy. Uh, bow hunters don't like uh, crossbow hunters. Uh, longbow hunters don't like compound bow hunters. We're all doing the same thing. I'll hunt with a slingshot if I could. That's true. That's true. Well, we need to change that. How, how, how do we change that? How do we get people to not uh, put the other specialty down and realize that they're, they're doing their thing and they enjoy that and that's wonderful? Well, I, I see it this way. Right now, our rights as outdoorsmen and hunters is under attack. Yeah. And if we don't band together and fight the fight that needs to be fight together, we're not going to be able to pass on this amazing tradition to the next generation because okay. uh, we refuse to stand as one and our voice is a lot stronger as one. All right, we got to do that. So just like you're coming hunting with me this fall, we're going to be banding together to send that message. So we need to get more people involved. Get your, get your, uh, the family that live in the cities, have them come out to, to visit you in the countryside and, and uh, introduce them to hunting and shooting. If you have a, a nephew or a niece that's never fired a firearm, make sure you teach them and teach them well, teach them how to be safe. That way, if they're around people that are not, not responsible, they can protect themselves and, and get out of a bad situation before. You know, I think that's very, very important. Mentorship is important for the next yeah. generation. And yeah, you know, my family don't hunt. I'm the only one that's, you know, uh, doing it. Uh, yeah. My son don't hunt. But he likes shooting, so. So that's good, and you introduced him to it. Yeah, my, I'm from a family that doesn't. My side of the family doesn't hunt. My I had a, an uncle, um, one of my two uncles anyway. His side of the family was hunting up in Michigan. He used to go hunting up in the Upper Peninsula, and uh, always extended invitations to my side of the family. My 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 father though had a deep profound. Uh, interest in connection with nature so he was more of a naturalist he would walk in the he would hunt with a camera in his hands and um you know we used to learn about um you know wildlife and um but he also thought the hunting tradition was something sacred and that's who we were and he respected it so that's where i think everybody needs to understand that we we all don't like the same thing so maybe or maybe it's not that we don't like it but it's just not that certain aspects of it aren't for us so you know if somebody does a type of hunting that we don't do ourselves or, or shoots a caliber we don't particularly like. You know, the thing is that we need to protect their right to do those things. And we need to protect that people's rights to do things they like to do um, in so much it doesn't hurt other people um, and repeat on other people's property or freedom. So um, in that regard, we need to support other people's choices too and um, share with them more openly about what we, our heritage and our traditions in a way that's approachable and fun and and hopefully get a lot more people out there because we do need more people. There's so many parts of the country that are underhunted right now. The wildlife populations are, are not, not in the proper balance. Um, and we need, we need to be better stewards of that wildlife. So we do need more help in some areas. There's other areas that's overhunted. So we need to give those areas a rest. So well, like here, here on Long Island where I live, uh, you, you wouldn't think it, but we have a tremendous deer population. Uh, and it just keeps growing and get a bit getting bigger. We have Boone and Crockett deer all along. That's amazing. There's no predators except for us. 
Yeah. Long Island is the only North American landmass that does not have coyote. So the only thing the deer have to fear is us. So um, you're seeing more and more uh, people bow hunting on the island. Uh, and, you know, it's getting you know, more popular. They're able to take more deer. Uh, but they're also extending the season to the end of January. That's good. So they're managing it as a resource to, to make it sustainable, but enjoyable. it's still not enough. It's still oh, they're not enough. getting up, so no, they're not taking enough deer. Still need to take more deer. Yeah. We have an MLD program in Texas and, and we're you know following the biology recommendations for proper um, you know development of deer populations. And um, it's hard to, to harvest enough deer uh, to have what the, the biologists say is the right balance. Um, you know, and it's important because if you have a harsh winter, um, if you get the, the herd out of whack, you're going to get unhealthy. Um, they're going to be more successful, successful to wildlife diseases and things. And we, we don't want that. Um, so, yeah, we need, we, we have opportunities if people are watching and wondering where they can go hunting. Even Long Island has got hunting opportunities. I didn't even Who know. Knew? That. <laughs> yeah. that is awesome. Now, um, getting, getting back to Selmar. Yeah. How did you, you know, uh, the optics industry is competitive to begin with. Yeah. How did you get into the digital and thermal end of it? Which, you know, it, you got to kind of go back to, in two, we have to go back a few years. In 2007 was really when we started becoming the company that we are today. In 2007, um, we were looking at the outdoor market. And at that point, to get to that point, so, you know, we were marketing and, um, distributing night vision products. And we had great success. The partner that we had uh, to bring that product to market, I think globally, we ended up having a 90% market share in the consumer-based night vision. And during that time, we were experimenting with taking the, the digital images from uh, our digital sensors, uh, CMOS and CCD sensors, and we're seeing what that looked like, putting them in the devices. Um, and we had some really great initial success with that. They, they were big at that time. They had limited features. Software is pretty basic. They also ate batteries pretty, pretty regularly. And so, um, you know, in 2007, <clears throat> when we had that success, and then at that point we were, at, we kind of didn't know how to grow that market much further. So we're looking at the industry and we noticed that there was, there was a growing interest in the AR-15 platform. And, um, the big optics companies um, were still showing everybody and the traditional clothing with the bolt action and, you know, doing very, very traditional type hunting. And we said, you know, there's no, no optics company that's embracing the R15 as a legitimate cross-platform, uh, you know, rifle that could do all sorts of different types of hunting and could be outfitted for a lot of different purposes. So we decided to set ourselves to creating the best and the ultimate Red dots and sets with the AR-15. Um, so we kind of took a break on night vision for a little bit and went after how do we make the AR-15 the best platform in the world by providing optics for that. Um, very successful launch. Sightmark is a, a leading brand sold in the best retailers across the country. And that's been very, very successful. And it didn't take long for us to realize that the digital image that we were playing with had a huge potential. Um, you know, we saw the, the, during this time, the advent of the iPhone, you got to remember, you know, prior to that, those period, that period, people weren't having computers in their hands. They didn't have that computing power. 
so we started realizing there's a lot of things you can do. You know, we can share social media, the, this content revolution where everyone's experiences now are, are shareable, which by the way is fantastic to the outdoor space. If we can just get media companies to let us share our content, uh, would be wonderful. So, you know, if anyone's watching, hunting and shooting is our tradition. Let us share our content, uh, get that stuff out there. But um, so we saw the need to be able to capture images and videos and, and start telling those stories. So we, we set out fairly early about how to continue that, that iterative process to improve battery life, add image capture and video capture capability, um, and then improving the range was the big thing. And um, when, um, when we first started getting into the thermal, it was interesting because we did some pioneering with another company's thermal technology um, and had some great success. And the company decided not to continue to sell it commercially. So we, we kind of were stuck. We're like, wow, we just you know, started selling thermal products and people loved it. And they were like, not very good. And they're selling for like eight and $9,000 a piece, extremely expensive. And uh, we were having trouble getting enough, but this company didn't think it was important enough to keep producing it. So um, they went a different direction. So um, we basically went back to the roots and looked at the night vision thing and we launched Pulsar um, in the United States to be the, the best thermal ever produced for consumers hunting and shooting in the world. And um, what an amazing journey Pulsar has been. Um, now that they're leading the charge of, of bringing thermal into everyday uh, hunting, um, the capability of, of operating 24-7 in all different environments to have long distance, let me long distance, 100 plus yard shots at night that are ethical and clean. Um, it's just amazing. And it's right. such an amazing experience. So I can't wait for you to see it. How many, uh, how many brands are under the Cellmark name at this point? Yeah. Well, I mentioned Sightmark was founded in 2007. And then 2009, we, we launched Firefield. Um, Firefield is a, a very important brand. It's designed to excite and interest new young shooters. It's designed to be more energetic, more enthusiastic, more, you know, can do, let's get out and get things done kind of attitude. Um, it's non-apologetic. It's, it's about living the fire and lifestyle. Um, so we, we introduced that in 2009. And that did extremely well. Um, a lot of people um, were getting into the AR-15 again. So, but they needed options and they weren't getting it from um, other brands that uh, allowed them to explore and, and test different concepts. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then shortly thereafter, Pulsar came out. Um, from the time that we launched Pulsar until oh, a few years ago, um, we had launched several, we had a crossbow brand. We've had uh, shooting uh, bench rest products. We even tried, uh, there's a company called Amaker at one point, uh, was the founder of the uh, climbing tree stand industry and the tree stand industry many years ago. So we tried to reboot that. Um, those were not super successful. Um, so um, the reason I to mention this is like, I get, I get a lot of people think that everything we touch is gold. Like somewhere puts out a product and a brand and it develops new technology and boom, we're successful. But I can tell you, we take a lot of risk, not not always are they, they're, they're perfectly executed. Um, during the 2012 kind of, uh, you know, survivor um, prepper kind of thing, we launched a prepper band, which I thought was fantastic uh, concept, um, but it was difficult to execute. And at the stage of the game, we really weren't able to bring that 
uh, to to his you know leading position. It's actually something I want to mind. You know, there's some of these brands I think are got really good concepts. I'd like to see them come back. All right. So anyway, the next uh, successful brand we started a acquisition kind of phase that we've gone through. So rather than trying to start something from scratch and launch a brand and try to develop product from, from nothing, we thought, you know, wouldn't it be really smart to identify brands and, and um, you know, technology in the industry where the founders are transitioning? You know, they've taken it so far, but they, they can't continue on for the re reasons. Maybe it's because um, they want to retire or, um, you know, they, they, they haven't, they have something they're missing. They don't, can't scale it or they need um, technological expertise, manufacturing that they don't have, whatever it is. So we first major attempt in that area was with a brand called Kofiager, um, extremely successful. It's an amazing um, shooting rest. Um, it was founded by two Dallas police officers and uh, they wanted something that they could take out in the field, whether it, if it was for like sniping positions, provide cover, um, they were involved in some of the very predominant engagements. Like um, there was an active shooter that was in parking garage, not too far from downtown or downtown Dallas uh, that they responded to. And so anyway, their experience was we need a better way of getting firearms into different positions and be able to take very accurate, very stable shots. When you, you have, you know, you gotta have a tight shot because it's a hostage yeah. situation, which was interesting is because we started using it for all our night hunting. Because you also need a very stable, portable solution. So we were using Kofiager with our night hunts and doing extraordinarily amazing things at night with their platform. And uh, we became friends with them. And we were asking, what do you guys, can, you know, what's your situation? So, well, we're full-time police officers. We go home and we assemble these and make this stuff all night we and on the weekends. So we, we never stop working, never see our families. And uh, they kept putting all their, their efforts back into it. So they're really having not a lot to show for it. And um, so they came up with that, let's, let's work together. And we became um, good friends and we ended up acquiring that company from them. And I'm really proud to say that we're continuing on their, 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 their tradition of top quality and, um, you know, these rests and stuff, they're so important. That was our first major acquisition that we did. Um, and then um, we had another opportunity, um, another company founder uh, ended up having, it was called, it's called Bullet Safe, which was a, personal protection bulletproof jacket company. And um, he took it as far as he could take it and he didn't have the resources to continue to grow. It kind of became uh, too much. He had other parts of his business that he wanted to focus on and we thought it was a fantastic product and a lot of room to, to, to innovate and create even more um, things there. So we acquired that and that, that was very successful. And most recently, um, I think you may have heard about this at POMA because we started talking about it for the first time. <clears throat> but some are just acquired Enforce, which we're so excited about. It's a company that manufactures the best lights and lighting solutions uh, manufactured right here in the United States, in Rhode Island. And um, we are going to continue to develop the legacy <clears throat> and that vision, that brand that the founder had, um, and uh, want to be continuing to provide the best lighting solutions for law enforcement professionals around the world. So we're really proud about that. Um, already seeing some great um, success. The work with the team is going really well. Um, we also have a couple new brands and technologies that we're developing that aren't released yet, but will be released the next 12 months. So we're going back to our roots too. We're looking at areas that we can innovate and create new brands, new products, experiences, um, 
And, uh, you know, to support that, we've, we've been expanding globally and uh, we're about to announce um, our new facility. We're adding 47,000 square feet to our state-of-the-art facility here wow. uh, with the main focus is on long-term strategy vision, uh, technology, innovation, and manufacturing. So um, we have a, a lot of good things in the works. That's great. It's good to know. Yeah. We're actually running out of time here, but where can we find uh, the Cellmark products? Well, our corporate, again, is Cellmark and uh, the website Cellmark.com. Um, Sitemark is also Sitemark.com, and that's S-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-K.com. Uh, Firefield uh, also is Firefield.com, so it can be easy, F-I-R-E-F-I-E-L-D.com. Um, Pulsar is pulsarnv.com. So um, check that, check us out there. Cope Jaeger, uh, Enforce, um, and BulletSafe, all.com. So look for us. Um, we are, you know, for anybody that's looking for solutions, we hope that uh, we can be a part of your journey and your experience. Uh, we take great pleasure and satisfaction for providing the best products uh, to feed your interest in the outdoors and protect your families put food on the table and, and live that outdoor life. So I can't wait to hear about your stories and, and look forward to hearing Chris about you using thermal and, and uh, hope you come down to Texas and see us. That'll be an upcoming story. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank but you so much. I appreciate your time and thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.